0: Oh, should have. Never... Hello there. Good morning. Oh wow. I played there was some silence in the beginning. I understand. Thank you for hanging on if you're listening still. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from a wacky weekend in the Keys. It's a cloudy rainy day today. As There should be every so often in the Keys in order to replenish our fresh water system in and around South Florida. I hope you had a good weekend. I, uh, you know, remember those things you say. Be a little cognizant when you go into a restaurant and say, Happy Friday to someone. Happy Friday. Well, sometimes Fridays are people's Mondays. And you're a reminder when you say something like that is, of one of the horrible aspects of working in the industry. It's kind of like a reminder. We're off and you got to work. Well, fuck you. You know? No. You know, I mean, it's like, how oblivious. It's like going to, um, I guess it would be similar to going to a wake and going up to give condolences or the condolence line to show your respect for the deceased to the family going up and go, hey, my baby's coming, or I'm getting married. Two months before you say anything about that, don't. If you can't say anything, hey, good to see you. You expecting a busy weekend? You know this is your meat and potatoes and stuff like that. Yeah, but people don't even, they don't even think that because that's the way they act. You're saying like, I don't care. I'm having a good time. You're working. Fuck you. No. Hey, that's just one of my pet peeves and stuff like that. Even though I do enjoy my work. I enjoy my work more so than a lot of people enjoy off. And I enjoy my time off a lot more than they um, enjoy their time off. You know, if you do that association, you know what I mean? If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, right? It's kind of like the... I think it's it could be Pythagoras, the Pythagorean Theorem. Yeah, we're starting out. That's Monday morning live, and I, I'm rolling out the Pythagorean Theorem. On that note, talking about great ideas, I just want to talk about some of life's big questions. and the, One of those big questions is, when is it appropriate to be really happy about something, and when is it appropriate to be sad? You, know, you don't have to be either. Sometimes you could just be content. How you doing today? Oh, I'm on vacation. It's so fucking great. Oh, you got to work. And I'm going to drink in front of your bar and enjoy the myself. Yeah, that's what we do. We know that. You don't have to remind us sometimes. You have to remind us on Friday that you have the whole weekend off and we're going to be working doubles and shit like that. I understand. And after a long double, a long day, Let's say working 12, 13 hours. Don't be surprised if the person on the other end doesn't want to get out of work. And doesn't want to hang with you. You're, you're, you are probably thoroughly charming. But after on a Saturday, after you've been drinking a couple hours, you might you, you know just think that maybe there's a possibility that the person on their end when I'm not talking about the wood in their pants, I'm talking about the wood at the bar that's behind the boards, might be interested in leaving and going someplace else. They don't have to go home, but they don't want to stay there. It's kind of a reverse thing. You ever hear that when the lights go out? When the lights go up at a bar and restaurant. Hey, it's closing time don't have you don't have, uh, you don't have uh, to go home but you can't stay here boy I didn't, it doesn't sound smooth with me doing it but I'm ready to move on after that that should be more like well I am happy to see people and stuff like that that's where I get my material from but don't be surprised when other people don't you know they're going through a lot of stuff it's a hard job they chose they't you know a lot of people don't put a lot of forethought into the, uh, planning to work in the service industry. He yeah, has all shits and giggles when you're in your 20s and everyone else is in their 20s. You got these, you know, hot young girls working with you and they're in your age group. So you get to date them, you know, or whatever you go socialize with them, you know, get f- have fun with them and then get to have fun with you. But after a couple of years, it could be a little tiring for some people. Even after one year, people want to just go out and play with their friends and stuff like that. If that's what you like to do on the weekend, I highly, highly, highly discourage you from being in the service industry. Now, me, on the other hand, if I'm speaking about myself, since I no longer partake of the libations uh, such as alcohol, I, I don't feel I'm missing that much because I used to get in a little trouble and stuff like that and in my personal life and things like that when I had that extra time. So there's a lot of times it's worth it for me to be working and remind me, it's kind of like a reminder every so often when I see and a rare occasion that I at least I'm not in trouble anymore or I don't feel like shit the next day. That's because I abused it. And I'm done with that. I'm done with talking about that. Let's talk about another thing. Someone posed a question to me, and it was interesting. The question was, how many people do you know with a landline anymore? And it's funny. Only recently, I'm going to work backwards. Only recently, the only thing left for landlines now, it was until... The last couple of years was if you were going to call nine one one, that as soon as you call nine one one from a landline, they know where you're calling from, so they know where to go. Like it's real hard to sell tell with a, a cell phone. You know, you just go oh 911 where are you? I'm five five six. You know, just say it a couple of times. You know, maybe tough if someone's coming through your door with an axe. You know, you have to calm down. You got to slow down. When you're in an emergency, sometimes sometimes you gotta speed up, sometimes you gotta slow down. Because that address fa- uh, phase of giving information to someone is very important on 911. But that's the biggest thing. That was the biggest thing that phone companies had left for the landlines to say, hey, listen, you need it one one. You know what? There's a lot of scary things that happen, you need that 911. I mean, security. We're going to talk about security too a little. It's funny about that. But years ago, when I was married to another woman, we had a discussion with our landline provider. And the prices were high for long distance and stuff like that. And there was no charge for long distance on cell phones. And we just go, wow, this is ridiculous talking on a landline for to call somebody out of state. It's best just to use, or out of state, out of area code, it's best just to use your cell phone. And it, I guess it uncovered the fallacy of how difficult it is to make a long-distance phone call and how much the services are provided for, you know, it just was a gimmick. Obviously, it's a business, but they charge an inordinate amount of money for long-distance phone calls. They used to have to purchase plans, long plans, because it was so expensive. My sister, when I was in high school, my sister, who was at the time a junior or senior in high school, we had uh, lived in Philly with our father, and we were visiting our mother. They were divorced, in Tampa, Florida, and we would visit for four four weeks a month in the summertime. And she was calling her boyfriend, and this is back in 1980, 1979. She ran up a $500 phone bill. Which would be similar to running a $2,500 to $3,000 bill nowadays. Yeah, calling from Florida to Philly. So who has a landline now? There's people, you know, if you don't have a cell phone, you don't go out. You don't need a cell phone. Landline makes sense you know, you probably can get it. I don't know. I have no idea what a landline costs now. And I know long distance can't be that much because anybody that would run out, you know, 20 to $30 in long long distance, why in the hell would you call on a lane you just get it. That would be this. You wouldn't have to pay any long distance anymore, right? So at one point we had a dispute with our carrier and we're just saying, hey, listen, is there a way to get it cheaper and all this? Nope, there's no other way. This is all they all their response. Their response was, We're your landline provider, this is what it costs and this is what you're gonna pay. There's no other plan for you. And my wife at the time said, Well, that can't be good because, you know, I can I just Dropped the landline. And they said, on the other end, they said, what are you going to do? Use your cell phone? Well, fuck yeah. That's what happened. And that's what's happening now. It's interesting because right now all the uh, phone lines these probably, let's guess, 80 to 90% of the information. I'm seeing... A majority of information travels over phone lines are less than voice because phone lines nowadays. It's information. It's streaming and all this stuff. Optic uh, fiber cables for Internet. And so most of the voice traffic is either through the Internet or through the uh, cell towers. Probably most of it's through cell towers and then you got voice over Internet so that became true so it's funny I mean I imagine that's always the case for people when they're going like they don't see the writing on the wall it's like fuck I hate going to gas stations and stuff like that they jump the prices go up blah 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 blah, blah. I wish I didn't have to do that well get yourself an electric car you just plug it in at the end of the day or go you know and charge it at some of the quick charging stations which is technically the gas station of today so, and people say, "Well, yeah, you don't, you can't go to a gas station. Where are you going to go? You're going to purchase your own gas? No, I will just drive electric, you know." Or someone and go say, "Well, you're going to use a lot of electricity and all that." And then they said, "Well, I'll do a solar and wind power and stuff like that, and I'll charge my car at home. I never go more than a hundred miles from my house." So that becomes true. All these things. People say, well, there's an epidemic. How am I going to work? Well, I'm going to work from home because a lot of my work that can be done is through teleconferencing and things like that. I could talk, I can meet clients that way and I can meet them better online, right? Matter of fact, this week, uh, tomorrow I had to go to marathon. Oh. I wonder if I might, you know, maybe she has to sign something or something like that. So, I'm sorry. I'm just I have to go to Marathon to meet with a a financial advisor for my my, uh, daughter's college fund. And... I just realized we didn't have to meet. We don't have to go all the way to Marathon. Marathon's fifty six you know, about fifty miles away. why do I say fifty sixty? Stay static for our but it's about a little over fifty miles. And my wife wants me to go because she's busy that day and it's mainly her. So I have to uh, handle the meeting myself, which we could have done online. I never understand why people do it in person. Why well, we'd have to Drive away, probably because that person's not familiar with Zoom meeting and things like that. But Zoom meeting, that's the thing Zoom and Skype and FaceTime, all these things have changed the nature of work. So people say, listen, I can hire some guy. I need a purchasing agent in the United States to buy all the things from American suppliers that knows the ins and outs of shipment dates and stuff like that from the States. But I don't want to bring them to Germany. That's where the company is. So I'll hire them remotely. And have that person in the United States do that and deal with all the suppliers and things like that, that that are purchasing supplies for our company." Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's a lot easier to do. There's all sorts of things. And people always laugh at that. I'm sure they did it historically. Just like if someone, the first actor on vaudeville or the stage said, well, I'm (coughs) in 1900s, the early 1900s, well, I'm going to leave vaudeville. I'm going to still act. (coughs) What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go into motion pictures. Motion pictures, are you kidding me? That's not going to happen to that. There's no sound. Why the hell would you want to be in motion pictures? You're, you're a singer. You know, And probably like in, after, you know, the 1920s, you started getting, the late 1920s, you started getting sound and stuff like that, and you showed them. So there's always a new technology coming out. I really never understood how people make such a big fucking deal about that. Uh, I want to say hello to my friends uh, uh, in Tennessee. What was one of the questions? I have a a question from one of our listeners, and one of our regular listeners. Oh, let's stop this. Oh God, I keep on bringing this up. Uh, let's see what the question was. Uh, Sean, interesting how you, your show with your buddy Joe talk about the Everglades. By the way, I can't believe Lauren Michaels never made a Californians movie. Yeah, you're right, Sean. Uh last week we were talking to Papa Joe and we were talking about driving up Alligator Alley. That's what I that's the nickname of it called Alligator Alley because you can see a lot of alligators in in the canals running alongside the road. It's a small road. It's not like it's not like a highway. It's a highway, but it's not like a highway. I mean it's not raised and all that stuff. You can see it. So I mean, if you're the driver, you should be paying attention to the road. But if you're in a passenger seat, it's great. You can stare all you want into the canal and see alligators sunning themselves and stuff like that, especially during the weather. But uh, while we were talking about it, we were talking about different ways to get to Englewood, Florida. And, oh, man, I remembered something right out of the top of my head. So what happened? uh We were doing directions. Kind of reminded me of uh, Santa Live, the Californians. In California, when you're in the LA area, everyone has a way of getting someplace. But that's every place. You know, it's different down here in the the southern end of, of this continent because there's only really one direction to go. We don't have like multiple ways. If you're going to say you're going to Key West, there's three ways. You can go by air, by boat, or by Route 1. That's it. I think I covered it. Yeah, by air, by boat, by Route 1. That's it. But air and boats any place in the United States that's on the coast, right, with the boat. And air any place in the United States. So... When you're heading north, that's the thing. When you're going to Orlando and things like that, as you go further north, you get more options. Now, if I'm going to Philadelphia, it's almost all Florida Turnpike and I-95. That's it. But if you're going someplace like Kendall, and that's in Miami, yeah, there's multiple routes you could take. And uh, Saturday Night Live had a bit set set up as a soap opera called Californians. They were all bleach blonde and they had an innocuous, stereotypical California accent, which is not necessarily the case. I spoke to people from California. They don't necessarily, they don't sound like that at all. But they're parodied on uh, Saturday Night Live that way. And they're always giving alternate directions on how they got there. Well, how, how'd that happen? Well, I got on Van Nuys Boulevard, did this, blah, 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 blah. So, but Laura Michael seems to always make a movie about one of their bits. Like they made one about Pat. They made one about Rosemary, the little, the superstar, the Catholic school girl. They made one, the Roxbury guys, the uh, Will Ferrell. And his buddy uh, in the in the disco. And they seem to make, they could really beat, Lauren Michaels really beats a dead horse with some of these movies. And Californians would have been one of them. A whole movie, I can't imagine how that would have been. That all these uh, hour and 10 minutes, or what's the shortest you could make them? Hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes? And release for straight to, it's not videoing, right? straight to streaming, I guess they call it nowadays. You can't call it straight to video, right? Because who, who the fuck makes a video anymore? There's probably someone in their basement videotaping, making a videotaping of 90 Day Fiance right now while, as we speak. But that's more of a action rather than a rule. So, I'd like to thank you for listening and, and giving that. And we also have another f- friend of the show, Dave. Nicknamed Ace. Who listens to the show regularly? Not Ace is not a natural to technology, but he seems to really get it. For a guy in my age demographic, he seems to be able to make the leap to understand. Because from a group of friends of ours uh, from New York, we have uh, Greg and Steve. And they always refer to the show as a blog. You're still doing your blog. And they say, can we be on your blog? And I go, Yeah, you can, but if you were on the blog, what I would be doing is writing I would be doing would be writing what you're saying. Cause a blog is more of a literary device and a podcast is an audio experience. And a vlog is kind of like a video blog. Do we get that now? We had all that exchanges, and Dave asked if is there a way for him to talk to us? And there is a way, but yeah, I think you have to be on. Let me see if I can invite my friends with Facebook. Invite with Facebook. See if it works. See if anybody wants to talk to us on this show. Uh, I'm streaming live. Let's see how this works if anybody's listening on a speaker not too many people listen on a speaker they listen on iTunes a majority um, chat ooh chat with us live. chat with Jim chat I just be chat live that's kind of sad that no one's going to be but I don't advertise when the show's going to be okay I just put it out there. Chat live. I'll leave that in chat if anybody okay rip okay I'll put this here. Chat live open. And that's on I guess if you can go from chat line open. Chat line open. That's what I'll put there and see if that works. Who knows? He's bartender. So, I was reading the news uh, this past weekend. And what caught my eye may caught a lot of your, your eyes. I'm sure the kind of listeners you are, I don't mean you're you're admirable people. Some fine qualities. But if you listen to this show, you probably were attracted to this story. It, You know how on TV, they're always searching for the next show, the next thing. I mean, geez, I noticed that uh, several years ago. My God! Twenty years ago, when they run out, they had a Fear Factor with Joe Rogan, uh, where people would eat insects and pig anus and duck vagina and whatever, and and do it when they're suspended on a zip line between two buildings, and you win money, and then you have all these other reality shows, Survivor. Biggest Loser, this and that. And then they were thinking, well, what else can we do? I and mean, the Hollywood Game Night. I know I skipped over a bunch of other iterations of weird shows. You know, Live Monopoly or uh, Twister. Non-sexual Twister. Because Twister, God. I mean, if Twister... Uh, maybe we'll get out another show. But Twister, I, it, it's kind of like Fully clothed orgy. That's what Twister is. So it's funny. It's funny that came out. I think that came out in the sixties. I'm going to say, yeah, Twister. Maybe, maybe early seventy. Who knows? Uh, But where were we? They were coming in different shows. So you had uh, Hollywood Game Night, where you know you get celebrities coming in they're drinking. Yeah, you get them all drunk and they're doing pantomime and charades. And you know, what whatever would you do on a pictionary kind of stuff, word association, and now so they're going all the way down. They have all these different things, and then all of a sudden, NBC decides extreme slip and slide, extreme slip and slide. Yeah, they wanted to do a whole show. I don't know how it's going to work. It's probably they got inside a mountain. They got a. Big piece of plastic, ran some water down to it. Because, you know, they did it over 20 years ago. I mean, when did YouTube come out? But whenever YouTube came out, then people started doing things on YouTube, getting long sheets of tarp and sliding down the side of a mountain or a hill. While they did this, uh, they were doing a show, Extreme Slip and Slide, and 40 people on the cast and crew came up with, let me say that I'm doing this from memory, Gardia, or Jardia, G-A-R-D-I-A, a kind of, whatever illness it is, it causes explosive diarrhea. And I have a problem with the term explosive diarrhea. Almost all diarrhea is explosive diarrhea. I mean, it's kind of redundant, isn't it? When you shoot firing, your firing is like having a, a fire hose, squirting out your, your rectum. So the call it explosive unless you know, unless there's like a low volume, low pressure one. I mean I, th- I think all of it is, I'm sorry if you're eating breakfast right now. But that's the nature of the whole article. The NBC was going to do an extreme slip and slide. We have people going. I, I don't know how they were going to stretch that into a half hour, let alone an hour show. We're going to have commentary. You're going to have people going down. Yeah, at the end of it, you can have a little jump and end up in a pool. You know, that's probably some of the best thing. I would, I'd be up for that. I wouldn't be up. I mean, I could watch a video of it maybe for four minutes, but throw in some commercials and stuff like that. Wow, I can—you, the power of me to lose interest is immense, and I would lose interest in that right away, unless something like explosive diarrhea. I mean, but when you have water, and it's so funny because. The wife and daughter, are my wife and daughter, are going to Poland this week on Thursday. And today, the daughter wanted to go up the Palm West Palm Beach, that area. I think that's where it was, or Fort Lauderdale, where there's a water park. Now, we always kind of knew, you kind of knew when there was water park, that you were pretty much slipping into a Petri dish. But there wasn't... I guess the crush of stories over the amount of time that water parks were open, you know, within 10 years, 15 years, that's when the stories piled up about E. coli infections and all the chlorine they used in then blah 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 I used to go down the Jersey Shore and they used to have a couple of those at the, uh, in Wildwood. Where they have the lazy, the big ass lazy river, which is just a thing that goes around the water park and you sit around and float. And then you got the water slides and, and all this stuff going on. I was going to say all this shit because yes, not everyone, if you're thinking about some of the size of these parks, where thousands of people are in there at a time in the water. And how many millions of gallons there are? Okay. But then you got thousands of people. How many people are having accidents? And you see these little kids. And little kids have... Adults barely have control. Especially when they're doing something extreme. Their bodies kind of react sometimes. So there's all sorts of... When you have this filtered recirculated water and all this stuff these bodies in and just floating in there creating the next i swear to god this the next ebola thing if there's any more water parks that extend in the developing world the thing that's going to kill humanity will be something that's in a a water park or it could be in a foam party who knows it could be one of those foam dancing parties in places like uh, Ibiza or Cancun, you like how I was able to say it? I had a problem saying orbital. I'm not having a problem right now for some reason, but I don't have a problem saying Ibiza. It's, it looks like Ibiza when you spell it. So it's an island in the Mediterranean where people party and there's a lot of phone parties and stuff like that. There used to be, I guess. Maybe they don't have them anymore. It'd be kind of restrictive right now. So when I saw a news article that said NBC, I'm getting back to the original thing we were talking, extreme slip and slide and explosive diarrhea, I thought, of course, of course. It's like saying, oh, it's going to be horrible to say this, but saying, you know, uh, 30-year-old male, Gymnast coach accused of, you know, sexual harassment. Of course. Of course. Just one of those things. You know, I'm I'm not shocked at it. man shot at firing range that also has a bar. When I talk a bar, you know, a cocktail lounge. Of course. Of course that's going to happen. Or... Uh, sex shop worker catches STD when they do a dildo exchange. Of course, that's going to happen. Of course, why wouldn't it happen? Or, you know, since we're on the di- diarrhea thing, uh, a diarrhea film, a diarrhea, what would you call that, outbreak at Indian restaurant. Of course. And I'm not saying Indian restaurants aren't clean and stuff like that. It's just people aren't used to the, the spices in Indian food. I'm not insulting you, my Indian listeners. I'm saying sometimes your food could be a little spicy. Or a Mexican restaurant or Italian restaurant, or, you know, an Irish restaurant. I mean, there's not as many Irish you, you just one of these things. You don't see too many Irish-themed restaurants. If there's an Irish-themed restaurant, the bar is more than 50 percent of that restaurant. There's only so much potato soup you can sell. <laughs> I mean, is that stereotypical? It sounds stereotypical, but that's the truth. There was one uh, 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 Irish restaurant outside of Towson, Merlin. And I think it's in Timonium, Merlin on uh, York Road. It's called, I think it was called Oban Still. And not like AU I think it could have been like AU but that's like a French word but Oban still was the name of it it's a Gaelic word Gaelic phrase I guess it would be so you don't see a lot I mean you did. they had Bennigan's Bannigan was an Irish theme one but you don't think hey let's go to an Irish restaurant the only time people think of Irish food is St. Patrick's Day and the only food that there, there's out there I mean the only food the biggest is ham and cabbage Ham and cabbage. Ham and cabbage. Those are two most innocuous foods. Or corned beef and cabbage. Corned beef and cabbage, actually. There you go. You know, uh, of all the treated, you know, of all the foods, you know, right there. You got corned beef and cabbage. There was one restaurant in Philadelphia called Benny and Flynn's. Benny and Flynn's. It was a hybrid Mexican an Irish restaurant. And I think they may have had potato soup and potato skins. That was a contribution that in the bar area. But then again, at Benny and Flints, they used to make these big-ass, they used to have these big-ass uh, margaritas. And just had a nice selection of tequila. And, oh, and the other Irish, they had a 23-ounce, I think a 23-ounce glass. When you're going to order a, a Bud Light, you get a 23 as Bud Light. There's nothing like having slamming four, five, four or five of those Bud Lights and eating some tacos or nachos, supreme nachos at Benny and Flints. It's no more. It was, you know, a hybrid Mexican and Irish restaurant. How could you lose? Well, there you go. It didn't make it. You know, I guess that Benny and Flints idea turned into TGI Fridays. So i'm going to wind that up you know we've wound it up with the explosive diarrhea and all that stuff speaking of that there seems to be some kind of flu going around down here and we have there's some people i know not in my immediate family they have that malady i was talking about on the slip and slide i'm not going to mention it again for the rest of the show but they also had the they also regurgitated from the other way from the mouth and uh Headaches and bodies. So if there's anybody... There's no, is there anybody chat with me? No. Okay. Oh, that's from the... I was just doing a chat line. I guess, Jim, if you don't advertise it's going to live show, there's not going to be anybody listening live. They're going to listen to it recorded. Well, that's just the way I do it. Maybe I should line it up. Send me a message. Anybody who's listening, if if I would do my live show... Let's say for the next couple of weeks while the the girls are away, I can set it to a certain amount of time, which is the best time for you to listen. You can send your responses to jim at keys com, Like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Remember, if you're in Key Largo, check us, come into the catch restaurant at mile marker 102 uh, for uh, you know, any, we have seafood. We have non-seafood dishes. You have your own catch. You can bring, in, bring your catch in and they'll cook it for you. Uh, also, we have happy hour Monday through Friday through 6.30. If you do come to the catch and you're a listener, obviously if you're listening and you come to the catch and stuff like that, tell them the keys bartender sent you. Tell them loud and proud. And I think I pissed off all the people that were assholes. Speaking of that, there's just an inordinate amount of people acting up on planes nowadays. They said it was an explosion, almost like a diarrhea explosion of bad behavior on planes. I always thought it was a tense situation when you went on a plane. So, whenever I dealt with someone, when I had a disagreement, when I was in the air, I kind of toned it down more so than I do on the ground. And I kind of am pretty good on the ground. So, I tone it down even more. Like if I have a problem with someone, I don't, someone's kicking a chair or, or some uh, asshole drops their seat back real quick. You know, when their seats are supposed to be upright and it's on my knees and stuff like that. You know, they don't ask. They just do, it's kind of a passive aggressive thing. It's like, fuck it. I'm just going to put my seat back. I don't care if that guy's, you know. It's so, you know, that's just the way people, it's all everybody for themselves when they're up in a plane sometimes it's almost like a lifeboat, unless you're in the first class obviously and we're not making that kind of money yet to go first class but I don't know if I I, I've been in first class more than a few times well six is more than a few times six times I've been in first class and not I I didn't always appreciate being in first class I'm, I'm empathetic you know, and there's some something missing from first class. Every so often, I people do talk to each other in first class. I've only been there six times. I'm sure there's people that go there. oh, I talk to people all the time because I see the same people in first class when I'm flying from blah 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 okay, fuck you. Uh, but what what I'm saying is there's, there's a camaraderie of misery on long flights, on shitty planes in economy class. Now, not necessarily for some of the premium flyers. I really enjoy flying on Lufthansa. I always thought Lufthansa economy was like business class on any of our domestic carriers here in the United States. I've been on Lufthansa and I'd had a whole, well, part of it is because one of the routes I was taking, I'd get like three seats to myself. Well, one, I'd have one seat and there'd be two empty seats, which is man that's fucking great you know and you'd really find if it's crowded and there's like two people miss their flight and you're right in that row then you see other people looking at you and they're going oh boy look at this guy he's got two seats he lucked into it and stuff like that and every so often you have a person going can I sit over here with you and you're thinking what are you going to do are you going to be one of those fucking people that trim their toenails or take their shoes off but the nice thing about it with that, if you're if you can do it, if you're ever in that situation, I just learned this: the easy way is that. And I have, uh, I've had it once. When the person started annoying you, you can always call the flight attendant, saying, "This person doesn't sit here. Their ticket isn't for here, and they're annoying me." That's an extreme situation. Like I said, people have been acting up on planes and stuff like that. I don't know why. Just put your fucking mask on. Listen to the, you know, you're all in this together. It's not about you. You don't need to make a political statement when you're on the plane. Because it's not one of those things to make a political statement. It's a transportation thing. A lot of people have important things to do. Some people are there on business. Some people are there for uh Happy occasions or sad occasions. Some people are traveling to weddings. Some are traveling to funerals. Some are traveling for vacation. Most don't give a fuck about your views on mask. Just follow the rules. The flight attendants, they're just trying to maintain order. It's a fucking metal tube, 30,000 feet in the air, traveling in excess of a little less than 600 miles an hour. You better listen to them because you don't know what's fucking going on. And you know what people are doing now? They're tired of your bullshit. And I'm not saying you're listening, you probably don't listen to this. But if you start bullshit, not only do you have to deal with the flight crew, you have to deal with irate passengers who are tired of this shit. They're starting to see it. You see the stories now? Crew and passengers subdue unruly pa- unruly passengers. So I don't care. I don't care how big and fucking tough you are. If there's 30 people on a crowded plane that don't want you to do something, they will. Just a mass of people will do that. I mean, they kind of pretty much screwed over the kind of hijacking that occurred during uh, 9/11 because people are starting to learn with the. Maybe that's a good thing. on the flip side. On the flip side, the bad behavior of these patches is teaching people how to fight back. Okay, well, then my daughter's up, and their dog, uh, our dog got released. I'm going to have to walk her. I'd like to thank you for listening. This is Jim the Key's bartender. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.